Oh, how's the TV reception here? Excellent or... TV? You don't have TV? But what will I watch while I'm sitting on the couch? Couch? No couches either? Oh, man, I need a beer. <gasps> oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we are here to review episode BABF10. It is Missionary Semicolon Impossible. I am Dando. And I am Guy. And uh, Dando, I'm sorry, I've got to put on my sub editor's hat for a moment there. I believe you said semicolon. That is actually a full colon. Oh shit, it is too. Uh, I wrote, <laughs> see, I put semicolon in my notes. <laughs> did you actually write? Did you actually write the words missionary semicolon impossible? No, no, I put a semicolon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you silly goose. Uh, anyway, um, how you been? You just got back from your holiday. I did a, a, a very brief mini break over to uh, picturesque Phillip Island. Uh, didn't see the penguins, the famous Phillip Island penguins, unfortunately. But uh, there's other stuff to do there besides see the penguins. Yeah, well, <laughs> if there is, we didn't do it. I mean, I went with the lovely Louise <laughs> and Louise's three lovely children. And um, as, as I've said on the other, ho- well, Lou and I have only taken two holidays together, and on both occasions I said, you know, we're not doing anything on this holiday, right? We're not, you know. <laughs> You know, it's staying in, doing very, very little, and to her eternal credit and my eternal gratitude, she agreed. So, actually, no, there was a there was a bit of walking and a bit of sort of sightseeing and all that kind of stuff. But essentially, it was, uh, you know, cooking good food, uh, watching movies, playing a few games, all that kind, all that kind of good stuff, and just for a few days. Yeah, no, it's it's great though because you just know, and we're actually discussing off the air that. First of all, food on holiday is better because you can eat what you want because that doesn't count because you're not you're not back home. Any food on holiday just doesn't count. No calories, no calories work on on holiday. So it's great. So you just pig out on junk food, do what you want. But it's also like you said, you just lounged around. It's not that you were doing nothing. Like you were, you weren't doing something. You were watching movies and stuff. And it's great that you don't have to uh you don't have the the commitments that you have when you're back at home. So you can just sit there and go, I feel like I can watch this movie. Where if I'm here and I'm watching a movie. I sort of feel good because I'm like, oh, I probably should be cleaning the kitchen or I probably should be doing this or I probably should be you know, looking after my child. May, may I just say, I never feel any of those things. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are you talking about, man? Cleaning a kitchen? No. <laughs> no, I, but, I get where you're but, coming from. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But when you're on holiday, you're just like, fuck it. I can do what I want and it's great. But um, yeah. Anyway, I'm glad you had a good time. And um, yeah, you, I said to you, I uh, hope you're refreshed for the show, but you actually want to take a nap. So let's see if we can uh, stay awake for this podcast. <laughs> I do. Well, here's the thing. I actually watched the episode before I left. Oh, wow. So I've written all these notes and I'm like, I mean, I like to think they're relatively detailed notes, but I've written some hits. I'm like, what, what part is that? So... When you do your review, hopefully it'll tweak this. Oh, that's what it. Oh, that's what that's from. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the other stuff I actually did that just. Uh, I, I've got back home. Maybe I've been home about an hour and a half. So I did the whole new titles thing and a few other bits and pieces here. You, but you, uh, you're still in the ferry lag. I am. Yes, I took the uh, took the ferry from Sorrento to Queenscliff. A very nice forty minute trip. Uh, yeah, look, I highly recommend if you if you're in Victoria or even if you're well, are, are people allowed into Victoria given the state of the uh, the old COVID nineteen? I mean, I think they're sort of setting up 
you know, they're setting up Trump-style walls at various borders. I don't know if people are allowed in or out of Victoria. But if you get to Victoria, go to Phillip Island, tell them Guy sent you. They'll say, who's Guy? But uh, <laughs> it's, it's a nice part of the world. <laughs> what did you think of our Missionary Impossible? It's it's not bad. I got a few good laughs out of it. Uh, you know, I think when you start a com- with a when you start your sort of analysis, eh, it's not bad. That kind of says eh, it's not great. But no, there's a, there's certainly some enjoyable stuff in it. I think what I found most interesting was how it ran back to back with Alone Again, Natra Diddley, which you know I think takes, as I said in in uh, in, in our episode. It takes a very respectful look at religion and faith. And this is a little more irreverent when it comes yeah. to that kind of thing. So it's an interesting contrast. Um, and, and look, I mean, I think it takes some, some interesting uh, swerves and I guess a pretty interesting risk at the end. I mean, I'm, it's not really a spoiler to talk about the end of the episode and how you know, oh my God, it's, uh, you know, uh, Homer and Lisa Jr. It looks like it's curtain for them. It looks like they're about to, you know, sink into this molten lava. How are they going to resolve this? They don't. They cut back to Betty White and the whole, it's, uh, you know, they're folding in that whole uh, uh, donation drive kind of thing. It's like, oh, that was, I mean, of course, I remember seeing this back when it first aired, but it's like, I'd forgotten about that part. It's like, oh, that's actually really clever. Nice yeah, work. Well, see, the thing is, though, when I was a kid, that whole joke was just lost on me. The whole because PBS, I don't, I, I never really understood the whole pledge drive for PBS because hey, we don't have PBS here, but there's no station in Australia that really does that. The only pledge drives you see on Australian TV are the Royal Children's Hospital on Good Friday. Exactly. I can't, yeah. really, I can't really recall of any other. So I'm just sort of thinking, is there a TV station? Why are they asking for money? I remember just being a kid, just being confused, and the ending just left me very unfulfilled. I was like. What? Mm. What, what, happened, what happened to Homer and Lisa Jr.? But going back and watching <laughs> it now as an adult, because this, this was, this was on, like, honestly one of the episodes that I wouldn't say avoided, but I just certainly did not go out of my way to watch it. If it was on, I might have watched it, but I never really... I, I just had fe- uh, memories of never really enjoying it. But I actually really... I, I really did enjoy it this time, but still, I think it would be very confusing to a lot of Australian viewers if you're not... If you don't understand the whole PBS and how they yeah. need money from viewers, because if you don't yeah. if you don't get that angle, this whole episode would make just zero sense to you. Yeah, that whole thing about pledge drives and stuff like that. Yeah, we don't really have anything like that, and we don't really have anything like PBS, so to speak. I mean, no, nothing. Well, the closest thing is Channel Thirty One. Well, I was about to say, yeah. I mean, that's uh, yeah, probably the closest thing we got. But that, well, I think up until recently, I don't know if it's still the case, but was pretty much, um, you know, taxpayer funded. Like well, like the ABC, or or it was uh, you know government funded, wasn't it? Or Channel Thirty One? I'm not too sure. I know they relied heavily on sponsors, so you know for for international viewers, Channel Thirty One is, is Channel Thirty One nationwide or just Victoria one? It's nationwide, right? I, th- I thought it was just Victoria in all. Okay, well, well Ch- Channel Thirty One is just a community. It's basically community radio, but television. So it's the it's the local yeah. station. Shows by you know guy and I could get a show on there if we really wanted to, and it's just yeah. people doing very niche shows about fishing or local footy talk or whatever things like that. Yeah. and they rely but heavily had, on local. You also had um, yeah, and you also had you know some uh, bona fide Australian talent come out of that. I mean, I think that's where Rove McManus got his start. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah, 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 and a few others, and and of course our, our friends in the US will. I mean. The US equivalent is public access television. Mm. What, 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 I mean, what, Wayne, what Wayne's World was on. 
Which, yeah, exactly what Wayne's World was on. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if they've got that in the UK or, or any other countries. I mean, I remember I've heard about public access TV partially through Wayne's World and partially through other things. Um, yeah, and how PBS differs from that. Well, <laughs> kids is a, an example of maybe do your research before you start talking about it. I probably should have done that beforehand. But, I mean, I think there's a difference between something like PBS and you and uh, regular public access TV, certainly in the US. Okay. Well, see, I, I honestly have, have no understanding of, of how PBS works. PBS for me, I just know it's Mr. Rogers Station. <laughs> the, absolutely. And, you know, it, it shows a lot of UK... Well, as they as they you know sort of take the piss out of here with do shut up, uh, which I would certainly watch. To my mind, can I just say I love the delivery of you don't have the cobbles. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was just yeah very taken with do shut up for some reason. It just struck me as r- completely marvelous. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it would show thing. I think it would show a lot of um, uh, British shows. Yeah, because, um, well, I think most the uh, most of the American networks would not import that kind of stuff. They would not. Uh, I think they would show things like uh, upstairs, downstairs, or you know, probably Downton Abbey was something they would show prior to. Um, well, I don't know who shows Downton Abbey in the US. I mean, it, it may, may even be PBS. It's just, but basically uh, shows because I think a lot of the time, and it works both ways. That you know, a lot of Americans I don't think really understand the British humour and British. Viewers don't really un- necessarily understand or appreciate American humor. Um, it's not saying that either of them are bad. It's just I think they've they've very it's a different, different. Yeah, it's certainly a different tone. Yeah, I mean, how many times have you know you thought that uh, you know taking the piss out of someone in Australia and 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 I imagine in England as well? It's kind of like it shows how it shows you like someone by you know you know. Uh, Giving it to them. Even more so in Australia, like even in England, man, it's not so much. It's a very Australian thing. And I've only really understood that since like meeting Nicola and going over to England and talking to her friends and friends of friends. When you make a joke, like Nicola make a joke at my expense, a lot of them will think she's being serious. And they don't, because <laughs> obviously Nicola, before she came to Australia, never would make jokes like that. But now she's sort of, she's just an Aussie now. They sort of go, mm. oh, uh, okay, are you guys okay? It's like, yeah, we're just mucking around but they don't understand yeah. that like you said if you, Australians if we're making fun of you it's usually because we like you <laughs> as weird yeah. as that sounds <laughs> yeah it's true and look we're generalizing a bit I mean you know Americans have the term oh, I'm just breaking your balls and that's yeah that's exactly what that is I mean you're sort yeah. of yeah. you're having a you're having a go at someone but you're not 100% serious and you know and if you can take it it shows Oh, you've got a sense of humor about yourself. You're probably you're probably a halfway decent person to hang around with, as opposed to someone who's like, "What do you What do you mean?" Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I just remember being a kid watching this, going, "Why is Big Bird chasing Homer? What the fuck are the Teletubbies doing? What, what's going on here?" Oh, yeah. I, I, because as a kid, I'm like, I don't understand why all these things have just come together and hate hating Homer. But obviously, they all aired on on PBS. But yeah, uh, but it's still, all, all in all, I I think. Now that I have a full understand, a, a better understand, not full, a better understanding of how the PBS thing works, and that all these shows were on PBS, I'm like, okay, it's actually funny. What I liked more, though, well, not isn't necessarily the Homer stuff. It's it was the Bart at work sub story. <laughs> I think I thought they had great potential, and obviously they only had that story there because you couldn't really have an entire episode of Homer being a missionary because yeah. I don't think there was enough there to really flesh out a full twenty two minutes. 
But the, they barely had enough for what they had, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, look, it was, again, not terrible, but, yeah, just enough. And, yeah, if it, if it focused completely on uh, on Homer on the island being a missionary and didn't, you know, cut back to occasionally to, you know, the three, what, two or three bits of Bart at work and Bart was, being the man of the house. I think it was three, yeah. Three or maybe four, yeah. It would have worn out its welcome a lot quicker, I think. But his interaction with Mr. Burns, I thought, was fucking great. Like, <laughs> Barton Burns, I, I really, really like that. But yeah, I, as I said, I think this, if it, you know, a different, perhaps should have been in a different episode because it, need, it needed more time. I think there was more to that story. But I understand they needed Bart to do something and, and, and it did fit, fit this story as well. I also like that Homer was, um, he was able to realize that he was actually a bad influence in the end. And he yeah. tried to make good because if he just went there, ruined shit and went, eh, I don't care, which is something that you could actually believe they would have done it at this point in the show. You know, just but pretty much just like threw a bomb and threw a grenade and just walked away and didn't care about how mm. he's destroyed this civilization. That would have been a fucking terrible way to end this episode. But the fact, and even though we don't really get an ending, at least he's tried to make do. And I think yeah, that but- sort of saves it a bit. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if it's, no, I'm, I'm 100% with you on that. And it, it's, it reminded me the episode Dust Bus when the kids get stranded on the island, the ending, you know, when it's like, oh, the kids got saved by, let's say, Mo. So I think, <laughs> a re- I think a really cool throwback would have been if this ended and as they were like, like during the credits or whatever. So you have the Betty White PBS uh, Fox pledge drive at the end, mm. which we'll get to in a second. Um, but if you have during the credits, just show like Mo with the the fan man fucking thing on his back, rescuing the kid, <laughs> yeah. rescuing uh, Lisa Junior and stuff. I thought that would have been a cool throwback. But how how do you think how do you think this this uh would have ended for Homer and Lisa Junior? Oh, I'm just remembering um a movie that some people like now, and I'm one I'm wondering why. But you know a movie called Dante's Peak. <laughs> so. I hadn't, I, I hadn't seen it until recently because Mitch is just like, oh, you've got to watch it. It's great. And I watched it. And then when the grandma sacrificed herself, I was like, yeah. I feel nothing but bad now. Why did I watch this movie? <laughs> <laughs> but there, there's, it's one of those movies where... And, and I, appreciate, I usually appreciate movies like this. And I did enjoy Dante's Peak for what it is. But man, you've really got to fucking turn a blind eye for some moments. <laughs> Oh yeah, but that's the thing. there were two volcano movies that came out. I think in '97, one was Dante's Peak, and the other one was called Imaginatively Enough Volcano. Um, and I think they had, had identical scenes where someone actually like jumped into the lava to push someone to safety. And it's like, oh god, their poor shins. Well, you know, not just their shins. Everything's probably gonna burn up. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna come out going, owie, 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 my shins. It's like, no, you're <laughs> fucked. But um, <laughs> but like seriously, like, these kids are watching their grandma burn to death. I was like, this isn't oh, yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't well made enough that it was kind of like, oh wow, I'm really feeling the power of this noble sacrifice. Like, nah, this is just gnarly. It's um, just, an old, it's just an old woman melting in front of her grandchildren. It's not, it's not nice at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the way you describe it makes me laugh. I'm sorry. I know I shouldn't laugh at it. It makes me sound like a complete psychopath. Um, which is, and that's all a way of me sort of dodging the... Um, hey, know, ended. Of, of how I think this would end. I mean, um, I don't know. who. I think someone's going to have to sacrifice themselves or... I think you've probably got the best idea of, you know, just Mo, Mo, Mo coming in with a, yeah, with a chopper. <laughs> um, the other thing that sort of, I don't know, wouldn't say confused me, but I was just sort of thinking, 
$10,000 is going to save a station? Like, is that legit? Is that all they used to ask for? Because to me, $10,000 just does not seem like much money. Oh, well, I mean, they they probably, you know, I think $10,000 would uh, sort of take them over the top, would, be, you know, get them to their uh, required amount or whatever. Because wasn't it something but, like they needed $150,000 or? Because I think it operates on the smell of an oily rag. But, but, but they'll just say we need $10,000. Or, or, or was it $10,000 more? $10,000 more, I think. No, I mean, oh. no, I don't think Homer was the only one who's who um, okay, so maybe know, donated well, money. But, but, but I thought she said we've reached our goal of $10,700. $10,700. That's what oh, she right, says, well, yeah. Maybe, maybe well, I wasn't paying well, maybe, attention. Maybe but, they're taking the piss of, you know, well, yeah. Yeah. of how little it takes to sort of run this thing. <gasps> hey, my favourite. What was your favourite moment? Um, I'm I'm always happy anytime either Rupert Murdoch takes the piss out of himself, which I think Ellie did once, or they sort of take the piss out of Rupert. I mean, for mine, one of the one of the best things the Simpsons ever did was get Rupert Murdoch to say, yes. "I'm Rupert Murdoch, the billionaire tyrant." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I will have it. I mean, it can do as many dumb episodes as like it got Rupert Murdoch on the record saying yeah. that. <laughs> so I think that's marvellous. And to have him, you know, as just this belligerent kind of Aussie, you know, uh, not even not a larrikin even, just kind of a a bit of a monster rah, at the end. You've saved uh, the station. Save the station. Yeah, I mean, giving him that real rah, kind of voice, I thought, was, uh, I thought was pretty good. I mean, it's not, yeah. I'm a bit of a sucker for, uh, you know, uh, underdog stations like PBS or you know, community stations like Channel 31 or anything like that. So, and anytime they sort of have to, you know, put on a little bit of a dog and pony show, it's like, you know, or pass the hat around, it's like, please give us some money so we can keep showing you, you know, <laughs> you know, do shut up. I mean, I, I don't know. I think that, that that's really sweet. But, but that whole that whole meta gag at the end, yeah, I mean, it's probably my favourite part with, you know, uh, Homer and Lisa time. Jr. about to sink and say, Ooh, well, if you want to find out how this turns out, please send us some money. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. one of, it's, one of the, it's one of those gags that only the Simpsons could really get away with. And I was watching it and I'm thinking, okay, so now, for the honestly, for the first time doing this podcast, I felt like we've entered the next era of the Simpsons because they felt the need to reference Family Guy. And to me, it was kind of like, mm. it was just a tongue-in-cheek jab, but it's also a sign of... Yeah, we're kind of a little threatened by this show because everyone's yeah. talking about it now. For so long, we've been the only animated, you know, hit animated show. You had like the King of the Hills and Futurama had started up at this point, but Simpsons was still, you know, the the king of animation the, the heavy, on television. Yeah, the heavyweight. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but you also did have South Park, but South Park to me was a different audience. Um, but still, Family Guy's coming around and they're kind of, they kind of look like the Simpsons, but with pink skin and they're kind of, you know, Similar, but they're just more raunchier than The Simpsons, and it's just like, yeah, I, I just thought like, oh, that's that's interesting that you know, Family Guy's now prominent enough where The Simpsons is acknowledging its existence, trying to sort of put it down, but still in a way, it kind of came across a little bit, I don't know, petty, a little bit to me as well. Allow me to, to make an analogy using one of my favourite uh, props, pornography. Um, <laughs> Let's say The Simpsons at this stage is like Playboy. It's part of the establishment. It's, you know, it's a bit, well, just as Playboy is a bit saucy, you know, The Simpsons can, you know, have the odd gag with a bit of edge. But then Family Guy comes along and Family Guy's are like a bit more like either Penthouse or even Hustler. It's a bit more sort of, not quite hardcore, 
Well, actually, no, Hustler was very hardcore. But um, not that I know. I never, I never read it. I, I, I only looked at the pictures. Uh, but uh, it's a bit, yeah. It's it's got even more of an edge, and I think you know you feel a bit threatened by that if you if for the longest time you were sort of the the main boy on the block or the you know the big boy on the block. It did feel like, yeah, it felt like The Simpsons should be above that kind of thing. I mean, yeah. If, I mean, if you asked the guys at The Simpsons, they would probably say, oh, well, like we were talking about before, oh, you know, we're just breaking its balls a little bit. Eh, can you take it? Come on. But at the same time, I think you're right. It did feel like, eh, are they threatened? I think they might be threatened. Mm. <laughs> Intriguing. <laughs> um, my favourite moment, I had a couple. So I loved Homer bursting to the church going, Sanctuary! <laughs> Why did I teach him that word? <laughs> <laughs> and and I thought Reverend was fantastic. Him eating the the pie was see. I'll I'll get to that when we get to that in the review. I've got something to yeah. say about that. But also the the uh, bait and switch of Homer eating the ox testicle. Yeah, we have these things called coconuts. They're delicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Those I ox testicles re- were just really. Uh, that was pretty gross. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. gross. But I just love the fact that you think. He's eating them because there's no coconuts, but then they're just like, you know, you can have coconuts. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. You there, eating the paste. All righty, trivia. Mr. Davis, what do you have for me? All right. Uh, I shall begin with the um, the family of soccer hooligans on Do Shut Up. They've got a, uh, a banner of a particular soccer team on their wall. Ah. Name that team. I'm going to say, is it, is it a, a well-known EPL team? Uh, it depends what EPL stands for. No, I know it's English Premier League. Yes, it is. It is. No, it is an actual team, but it is not Liverpool. Okay, who is it? Manchester? Manchester. Manchester, yeah. The two obvious ones. <laughs> yes. Uh, my first <laughs> what, question what, is, what about Arsenal? Arsenal. Nah. But it's okay. the, all, all the Nicholas family buried for Arsenal. So I'm just... just you know. Oh, okay. You never <laughs> say that. Nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> How many episodes of Do Shut Up are there? Oh man! See, I should have yeah said this going in because I, I yes did watch this maybe what four or five days ago. I'm not going to remember shit. So it was, um, it was seven episodes, the longest running British sitcom of all time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny, yeah, because I mean, yeah, American shows would do yeah 22 they, episodes a season. They milk that know, cow, man. <laughs> Yeah, but English shows would, yeah, I don't think they ever did more like six a season. There's only, I mean, how many episodes of Faulty Towers are there? There's only like, oh, like 12. Like, like, yeah, like 13, 14, something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's always, there's obviously a reason, but it's always puzzled me like why? Because there's been some really great British sitcoms out there, like iconic, hilarious British sitcoms. Why don't you milk that cow and just, you know, get some more... That- Get some more well, that's the thing. Like, yeah, if it's it. if it's through the BBC or some other network, they probably only got a limited amount of money. That's the, that's, that's got to be the reason. At, the budget, yeah. yeah, yeah. And even if um, even if it's a huge success, it's like now you get this much and that's it. I mean, yeah, we can make more seasons, but you only get this amount per season or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Do shut up is of course the uh, British sitcom featured during the donation drive, but Betty White does tout another famous British comedy. Uh, Name that comedy. Is it Shut Your Mouth? It's close. Would you like another shot? Do shut up and shut your nah. What is it? It's shut your gob. Gob. I was going. Damn it. 
I should have guessed. <laughs> That's the most <laughs> obvious one. <laughs> and uh, uh, one of the highlights of the episode was just hearing Betty White say, shut your gob. <laughs> it's, Bet- Bet- Betty, White, Betty White is great in everything she does. And it's sort of like, it's one of those things where, did, did, was it, see, I wasn't obviously too young, but did the Golden Girls really revive her career? Because she was obviously so. a huge star a long, long time ago. But did she, was she always a star or did the Golden Girls sort of remind everyone that she was there? I think the Golden Girls really sort of was a was a bit of a big second act thing because she was on what I think the Mary T- uh, Mary Tyler Moore Show or mm. the Dick Van Dyke Show or one of those yeah well, one well, of those one sort of big of, ones yeah one of the classic ones from like the sixties and that uh, yeah but uh, Golden Girls was definitely a revival and then sort of post Golden Girls it was like hey you know who's good Betty White we love her in just about everything so let's put her in everything <laughs> and you know what you know what is good uh, you probably wouldn't hate me for this I like the Golden Girls. It is corny, but there is some... I appreciate it, and I really like the theme song as well. <laughs> I hate you, Danda. No, I don't. <laughs> of course. Who could, who could hate the Golden Girls? I mean, there's yeah, just, look, su- there's just something be- wholesome. There's just something wholesome about it that I put it on, and it makes me feel safe. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I mean, look, there's there's no shame in liking a, a classic, well-made sitcom, and, and that's what Golden Girls is. I mean, it's a terrific setup. You've got these four... You know, different personality types living under one roof. They're all sort of combative, but you can tell they all care about one another. So, you know, it's got people sort of taking shots at one another, but it's also got that, yeah, that warm sort of uh, fuzzy, gooey core. No, it's yeah. great. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, and, it's thank just, you, and thank you for being a friend. It's 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 a fucking delight, man. Fuck it, mate. Of course, it I'm, not gonna, hate, oh, of course God, I'm not gonna hate you. Of course, I'm not gonna hate you for liking the Golden Girls. <laughs> it's just it's the show that my mum would put on when she was like cooking dinner. And that's why I just, it reminds me of like, I, I watched that show and I can smell mum's cooking, as silly as that sounds. Oh, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's a safe place is what it yeah. is. <laughs> um, how much do greeting cards cost? You probably have no idea what this is. It's a little throwaway thing. Marge is, uh, she's weighing some uh, a scale. So it's by the pound. <laughs> Greeting cards in a supermarket oh. on the store. <laughs> no, I am completely blanking. Sorry, man. It is $5 a pound. <laughs> it's a pretty good deal. <laughs> I'd be all over that. <laughs> <laughs> um, whose birth whose birthday did Homer skip work for? Oh, Hamburglar. Yeah. <laughs> is it Monday or Wednesday? Which is it? <laughs> <laughs> How many meltdowns has Homer caused? Oh, again, sorry. No. <laughs> um, I'm going to say uh, five. It is 17. He's a dangerous oh, man. Lord. <laughs> um, which buffet item d- did the chief not even like? It's macaroni salad, and God, I love that. I don't even like it. <laughs> uh, Next me, question. For me, Homer compares Micronesia to where? He wanted to make a Las Vegas, and it turned into what? Oh, a, 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 a cruddy Atlantic City. A skanky Atlantic City, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to Atlantic City. Is it actually skanky? Nor I, I, I haven't either. Um, in all honesty, I think Trump uh, set up a casino there. Sorry, we're, we're not mentioning Trump on this episode or ever, actually, but apparently that's what he did. Um, okay. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and bankrupted it. And sorry, I know we're not supposed to talk about it. It's one of my favourite disses ever. You know, someone... Uh, was, you know, Trump was going on about, oh, you know, I'm a great businessman and all this kind of thing. And someone just you know, wrote down, you bankrupted a casino. <laughs> <laughs> no one can bankrupt a casino. 
The house always wins. How do you are the house? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so enough. <laughs> um, uh, uh, one last question each. Yes. What do you got? For okay me? then. Uh, Rupert uh, Murdoch is uh, on the donation. Uh, he's manning the phones at the donation at the very end, and he's drinking a beer. What kind of beer is it? Oh, I'm going to assume it is either Foster's or VB. It's a Foster's. It's yes, a Foster's. The only- That's the one that everyone who's not in Australia thinks we drink Foster's. <laughs> yeah. Have you? Do you ever drink Foster's or did you drink Foster's ever? I never drank Foster's. I've only ever had one can of it and it wasn't until I went to visit Nicola for the first time in England when she had to go back for a brief period because of her visa and her friends bought me Foster's to make me feel at home. Oh, and I was like, nice of them. I was like, I was like, I, it's a very nice gesture, but just so you know, no one really drinks it in Australia, I don't think. But the, the the advertising campaigns internationally are all, oh yeah, it's Australia's beer. Yeah, it's hoax. Well, yeah. I, I think Ho- hoax was pushing it. Um, but that's, yeah, but yeah, that's Paul drank, Hogan I've, to you people. I've drank one can of it, and I had no need to ever drink more. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm pretty sure I would have, you know, had some back in the day when you know, <laughs> beer was, you know, <laughs> any beer would do. But uh, it's like, mm, yeah, I can't see myself like, hey, you know what? Oh, it's it, it's burger, it's a it's burger and chips night, and I'll have a beer to go with it. I think I'll go and get a six or a Foster's. No, but but, never but it's happened. like, I had a I had a uh, hard earned thirst, and there's only one big cold beer that that can quench that thirst. That, and it's that is beer. correct. No, that's <laughs> Crown La- that's Crown Lager. Oh, oh wait, no, no, it's VB. Ah, I failed. I failed the Aussie test. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Oh, uh, is that, oh, we've got one more question here to wrap up trivia, and then we can get into some new names. Alrighty. How far away is Micronesia? Oh man, I don't no, think you're going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> it is twelve thousand miles away. Oh, good lord! Yes, it's a long way. Alrighty. That is enough trivia for this week. I think it is time we get into the best segment of the entire show. It's some new names. From this day forward, your names will be. Alrighty, guys, the new name segment is brought to you, and this whole podcast is brought to you by our incredible $20 patrons, Jordan, Moleman, Richie, Nick Barbaro, Andrew Zer, Christopher Darby, Chris Malion, Will Manthorpe, and our new man on the team, Mr. Ben Smith. Thank you so much, guys, for your ongoing support, uh, particularly during this pandemic. I know money is short in a lot of situations, but you guys have continued to support us, and it means the world to us. Also, to quote uh, Ham in Toy Story, something screwy is going on here because I believe last <laughs> week I said uh, a shout out to our new patron, Mr. Craig Fairley, and he's a new patron again this week. I don't know what's going on, but hey, Craig, uh. you got your name read out again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, yes, Craig, you got your name mentioned last week, so you don't get this, but uh, to our new friend, uh, Ben Smith, I'm just going to show it, throw out a quick, Benny, Benny. Ben here. There we go. That's all you get. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I, hope, I hope that made you feel special. I, I felt special I've, doing it. I don't know whether I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but one of my most one of my most proudest achievements was when I created a um a birthday card for Nicola's sister. Her name is Benita. They call her Benny for short. Yeah. And I got a picture of Benny. I put her face in the middle, and it's surrounded by a picture of pictures of Jet. <laughs> I was so proud <laughs> As you should be That is heroic uh, The new name leaderboard Still in first position But they're getting closer and closer Is Garode Harrahill Gear on 13 uh, In yeah. second position Outright in on 10 points Is Andrew Parker And in third position Is Jimmy Faruja on 8 But we also have Alistair Danik and Christopher Darby on seven points, one point behind the top three leaderboards. So, what have we got? Who have we got? Some good ones through this week, Mister Davis. 
We do indeed. We do indeed. So, I mean, and so look, some familiar names, but also one or two new names. So uh, let's uh, go with some honourable mentions before we get to the whole three, two, one of it all. Um, I very much like what Christian Nell brought to the table uh, this time around with Yellow Lick Toad, as in That's Yellow Brick very Road. very good. Very good uh, wordplay. I like the, it. The only thing keeping it off the whole three, two, one dais is, you know, the fact that the toads that you licked were actually red and green, not yellow. But, oh, there was no yellow one. Okay. I thought they had yellow on them. Maybe I'm wrong. Did they? Oh, maybe they did. In that case, uh, now I feel guilty that you're not getting a point, Christian, but hey, <laughs> uh, an honourable mention is honourable enough. Ha- having um, Dice in aim is very honourable, so. Indeed. So, one more time, Christian Nell. Um, who else have we got here? The interestingly named Conway TP Twitty. Oh, I love that. Uh, I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you love him, then I love him too. Uh, HJS VPBS. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Pretty good very, job. Very, very confusing title if you're reading that in the TV guide, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, what else we got? Nice work by Andy Gengler with Nightmare on Elmo Street. Ooh, yes. A lot of people uh, really dig the Elmo quote. It's um, they it's do. one that stands out. Yeah, Elmo knows where you live. Yeah, it really stuck out with a lot of fans. Yeah. Um, and a couple from uh, the man whose name I love to say, Mark Boston Burgess, uh, Dial M for Murdoch, and uh, mm. Highway to Helmo. Again. Hey. People love their Elmo. They do love their Elmo. Um, yeah, well done, Mark. Indeed. Uh, but number one, one point this time around goes to the gear, the gear shifter. Ooh, he's on 14 gear now. Out of hell. He's, cl- he's, he's, he's getting away from the, from the rest of the pack. What has he got? Uh, it is public broadcast away. So mm, now, yeah. yeah it, look, it's like a finely constructed house of cards. You can sort of see the work that's gone into it. And quite frankly, it could topple at any second. But... Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of admire the effort that went into that one, Gear. So uh, one one single solitary point to you, sir. And I believe Castaway came out the same year that this episode aired. 2000, is that right? That sounds about right, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, another, well, I'm almost inclined to give him an extra point for that. No, but no, I no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got two points? Um, what do we got? Now, I'm not sure if this, uh, this gentleman has ever... This may be his mm. first appearance on the leaderboard entirely... Steve Roberts? Steve Roberts has never been on the board. I will say, though, that I don't believe there is a single female on this list. So that says about you, Mr. Davis. I like to think I'm not sexist, uh, <laughs> but, but but that's exactly what a sexist would say. So um, back to this. Steve Roberts, two points for don't pledge with a missionary man. Two points. Yeah, that's very good. Well played, Mr. Roberts, it. and welcome to the leaderboard. Indeed. Uh, but standing atop with a gold medal, three points, is D.L. Gorman, who, we're not sure, could be a lady. We don't know what D.L. stands for, or do we? <laughs> Did D.L. come in and say... I'm going to say DL- Debra, Debra Louise. <laughs> there we go, the lovely Deborah Louise. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like David Lee or something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, D.L. came through with two good ones this time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was... Do shut up, which is you know, you know what you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, came up with a bit of a winner with the Book of Moron. The Book of Moron, nice yeah, the, that works. That works well. I like it. A nice play on the book uh, on the Book of Mormon. So uh, DL, 
you did well, son, or 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 ma'am, or or, or sister. Um, Deborah so or David. Would, yes, indeed. Three points to you, DL Gorman. So DL Gorman is now equal fourth, each on seven points. We've got uh, Christopher Darby, Alistair, and DL. So this- the top the top three still though is Jimmy Ferruja on eight, Andrew Parker on ten, and Garode is now on fourteen. He is four points clear. Come on, people. You've only got, you know, half a season to catch up to him. I'm sure you can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> believe in you. What a, what a splendid race this is. I'm, yes. I'm on the edge of my seat. If I, well, if I was on a seat, I'd be the on, on the edge of it. Original air date was February 20th, 2000. Chalkboard gag is a belch. It's not an oral report. And the couch gag is the living room is a subway station. Subway comes past, picks up the family, and they leave. Now, since Mr. Davis hasn't watched this episode for a week, I'll try to... Re- uh, help you remember what yes. happened. So the episode kicks off with Homer watching Do Shut Up on PBS. Um, so the line here, uh, a row with a wanker, was actually edited out on British TV because wanker is a pretty bad word to say in the UK. Well, um, and in, in Australia as well, actually. I mean, it, um, it isn't. It's like you can say wanker on the radio here. It's no big deal. But uh, you say wanker in the, in the UK, you mean business. It's fist fights. Like it's, it's it's on. Yeah, you don't say wanker. Wanker is a very it's not like dropping the C bomb or anything, but if you call someone a wanker, it's 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 go time. Well, I mean, it would be like a a, a US comedy using the term jerk off. In Australia, we use wanker like we'd say idiot. You know, it doesn't mean anything. But yeah, I don't think there's a very I don't think there's a, a positive way. There's not a positive spin you can put on wanker in the UK, to my knowledge. No, <laughs> just... I, wa- I wonder if it, how you'd go with tosser in the UK. I'm not too sure. I know they use bellend a lot instead of saying dickhead. Yeah. And that's that you mean bell ends. Well, bell end is the is is the knob on the end of your old chap. I mean that's yeah. that's fairly descriptive. <laughs> um, so Betty White interrupts. Uh, do shut up! And you know, mentioning that they it's a pledge drive, and they I, I love how she just calls everyone a common thief. Uh, Betty White angry. <laughs> Betty White angry is adorable. <laughs> it is, isn't it? I do I do remember that part. And yeah, just chuckling quite a bit of that. And I know that I'm getting old. That I would, I know that I would appreciate the Museum Noises CD. <laughs> like, <laughs> I could put that on and feel relaxed. <laughs> I have found more and more recently that I'll be, um, yeah, putting on things like you know, there, there's like eight-hour YouTube mixes of just like Rainy Night, yes, or just, yep. or, or Seascape, or there's one that there was one that was like ten hours on a pirate ship. What I don't the know fuck does it, that entail? What's on a pirate that's the, ship? That's the thing. I mean, it didn't actually have like Captain Jack Sparrow or someone going, Arr! or anything like that. It was just kind of like an old ship. So you'd hear like ropes and sails and things like that. And occasionally, fire the cannon! <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why they call it a pirate ship. But yeah, I'm getting into those more and more. Mm, just, yeah, oh, 100%. It's, it's, it's so calming. It's the it's the modern day version of the fish tank you used to get on Channel 31 or SBS or whatever oh, yeah. it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you couldn't afford your own fish tank, you just put on those channels late at night in Australia, and you got fish for twenty uh, for twelve hours. Yeah, um, very peaceful. So Homer he wants the show back, and to, to, in order to shut Betty White up, um, he pledges ten thousand dollars. Please, we're only ten thousand dollars away from returning to our show. Well, why didn't you say so? Yes, I'd like to pledge ten thousand dollars to get them to shut up. From anonymous. Done and done. Dad, you don't have $10,000. Uh, how are they going to find me? 
Folks, we just reached our goal of $10,700. And it's all thanks to one generous caller who didn't leave his name. <laughs> But thanks to Instatrace, we've learned it's Homer Simpson of 742 Evergreen Terrace. Oh, <laughs> uh, why did I register with Instatrace? This is like how, you know, teenage Dando felt when I prank phone call somebody who forgot to put my phone on private. Uh, it's, like, it's, it's like you do the prank and then go, that was fucking great. They fell for it. And then look at your, your settings and go, oh, shit. <laughs> That's it. Uh, whenever whenever I was sort of around prank calls, because I never did any myself. I was too chicken shit. But I, a good friend of mine, Will, he used to love doing it. Will's a, Will is a shit stirrer par excellence. He's the, he's the king of shit stirring. I mean, and he used it, to do it a bit. Yeah. And, I mean, and this was sort of back in... But this is all even pre-mobile phones, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure they could trace it, Will. You know, don't do it from my phone. <laughs> Be or careful. Or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bart, Bart panics, so he, he, he thinks Bart's going to help, but he runs out the window and just jumps on the swing. Uh, PBS then all arrive, and they're live on TV. They got there very, very fast. They obviously must broadcast in Springfield. <laughs> Did, didn't Homer actually sort of sign up for auto-trace or something? Uh, yes, yeah. Why did I sign up for auto-trace? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Homer. Don't panic. Let me do the talking. Here he is, folks, the man who saved PBS, Homer Simpson. Mom, Dad's on PBS. Hmm? They don't show police chases, do they? Um, it's an honor to give $10,000, especially now when the rich mosaic of cable programming has made public television so very... Very unnecessary. From now on, one of us always stays home. Agreed. I love here, Marge and Lisa. From now on, one of us always must stay home. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Homer thinks, oh, he says the bank's closed so he can't get the money out. Looking in the window. Yeah, it's a real ghost down in there. <laughs> <laughs> and then pretty much just like holding the bank teller to ransom. Play along. I'll pay, oh. you, I'll, I'll pay you back later. <laughs> Are you rubbing me, sir? <laughs> and the Homer, you know, they, he comes clean. You know, Betty White, have you have you not got the money, Homer? Is that what's going on here? Yes. Tries to, I love it. He just tries to stab the guy with the pen. Oh, I can't do it. I could never kill a man. Tries to stab him in the dick. <laughs> um, this is, but seriously, though, Betty White, she's such an angel. But man, if she wants to be intimidating, she can be very intimidating. <laughs> oh, very much so, yeah. Teach him that word. Quick, you gotta hide me from PBS. Their bloodthirsty pursuit is made possible by a grant from the Chubb Group. Give us the money. Elmo knows where you live. Please help me. I'll do anything. I'll light a candle. I'll help with your next charity scam. The word is drive. Sure, sure, Bob's your uncle. Let's just get out of here. Well, nothing to see here, people. Just headed down to the dump with these children's letters to God. (laughs) 
We'll send you someplace safe till the heat dies down. Great, but why am I on a plane? Homer, how would you like to be a missionary in the South Pacific? South Pacific? I didn't agree to... What? Wait! I'm no missionary. I don't even believe in Jeebus. Let me out. Sorry, no can do. Oh, save me, Jeebus! The whole I'm taking, I'm going to the dump with these children letters to God gets me every time. (laughs) Um, And obviously, this is where the Save Me Jeebus came from. A very, it's one of those lines that you hear quoted quite a lot. I wouldn't say it's the most quoted Homer line, but it's freaking up there. And I think a lot of people forget that it came so late in the series. I was about to say, I mean, I've written down here, is this the first time we, we got Jeebus? Yeah, 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 because I mean, it really has entered the uh, the vocabulary so much. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I was surprised that it sort of came along so late in the game, but uh, people people talk to it. People yeah, love their Jeebus. Uh, every every atheist now calls Jesus Jeebus because of this because of this episode. But it's just <laughs> great though. He's just like, I don't even believe in Jeebus. Save me, Jeebus. Jeebus. <laughs> <laughs> they, they certainly committed. They yeah. definitely committed to Jeebus. <laughs> We come back, Reverend is really enjoying his pie. Now, I've got here, if there was ever a moment in The Simpsons where a character was Mitch, it is this. <laughs> so, like, Mitch eating a pie. I mean, every listener to this can vouch for me. Anyone who knows Mitch knows that Reverend Lovejoy in this 10 seconds is Mitch. <laughs> it's just the, the the way he's loving the pie, savouring every bite, even the little... Mm, a little bit in my teeth here. It's, like, oh, it's, it's exactly what Mitch would say. It's, it's just, it's Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> I've written down here, picking your teeth, Rev? Come on, man. <laughs> but if, I'm, all, if, I'm if, all for enjoying the pie, but picking your teeth, you know, if, while you've gone over to the Simpsons place. I don't know, man. <laughs> if Mitch was eating, but it's, it, that's what I mean. Mitch wouldn't give a shit. He would do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, I just know it's exactly what I do. And I don't mean that in a negative way at all. It just made me laugh. Um, he, so, he tells the family that Homer's doing missionary work. But missionary work, he's dead, isn't he? <laughs> um, and he introduces the ham radio. The, See, the original Jesus. internet. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I remember as a kid, my um, my uncle used to have a CB radio. And we used to get on there and like interfere with the conversations between the truckies. Uh, ter- oh. Terrible, terrible children. <laughs> um, Is there... um. Is there a difference between CB radio and ham radio? I, I just assume they're the same thing. I have no yeah. idea. But um, why yeah, would you it, why why would you call it CB when you could just call it ham radio? It's that's two great tastes that taste great together: ham and radio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Homer arrives at uh, what was it called? Microwasia. I'm the mm-hmm. a little mummy reference here with the butterfly going into his skin and whatnot. And oh, yeah. now the two names here, Craig and Amy. Have you ever heard any more like missionary names than Craig and Amy? <laughs> Oh, they're very, very white bread missionary names. You're right. <laughs> very, very much youth pastor energy of like, let me tell you about a guy who had, to, uh, you know, he had long hair and a few crazy ideas. <laughs> His name was Jesus. Oh, what? <laughs> uh, they ridicu- ridiculed away most of their beliefs. So beliefs. Out of that. Yeah, yeah. Gave them, mean, gave them the gift of shame instead. Yes. And we, we, um, they get the bed bugs reference as well. This is where Homer gets introduced to. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name. Like Quok, Quok Tok, Quok Tok, Quok Tok, Quok Tok, 
Quachok and 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 Ak. Um, <laughs> so there's a there's a moment coming up where Homer says something like, "What was that?" And the guy like you think he's pronouncing a weird language, but he's just choking on like a chicken bone or something. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. But um, yeah, this is where we get the yuck's testicle scene. Are you enjoying your ox testicle? Hmm? Oh, yes. Very much so. Really? You sure you wouldn't rather have a coconut? <laughs> They're delicious. No, I'm good. Mm. Hey, what happened to all the shirtless girls you see in all the geographical magazines? Craig and Amy gave us the gift of shame. All the naked women are on that island. Yeah, anything goes over there. <laughs> bouncy, bouncy. Uh, what was that? Oh, we call that... Sorry, fishbone in my throat. We call that earthquake. Great. Now my testicles got ants on it. I'm watching this, and when he references other oh, naked women are on that island, uh, yeah, bouncy, bouncy, Nicola's like... What a seedy man. I was like, yeah. I the bouncy, bouncy is kind of seedy when you think about it. Oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, then we get the earthquake. And that's sort of the earthquake's just planting the seed for how the episode is going to end. Lisa Jr. then arrives. Obviously, Lisa Jr. is not a real name, but um, she gives Homer the, the new ox testicle. And hmm. Craig and Amy, um, this is where we find out they were building a well, and they were building a yeah. chapel, you know, do, doing things that, you know, decent people would do. If if you're trying to spread the word of the Lord to uh yes to the heathens and the savages as that, <laughs> the savages. as this episode implies, um by the way I'm I'm assuming that Lisa Junior was in fact voiced by Hank Azaria. No, of course it's Yardley Smith. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Hank could do a spot on Yardley impersonation though. He can do just about anything. <laughs> um, Homer here's like, what did you marry Craig and Amy? I told you we should have asked them. <laughs> <laughs> And then we get Homer, kind of like a, a back reference to the shitting episode where he realizes there's no beer, no TV, and they make him go crazy. And we get the, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. A lot of people are going to kick out of the next moment of Homer licking frogs. I'm just kind of meh about it. I don't dislike it, but I'm just like, eh, whatever. Uh, I um, wouldn't say it's a uh, comedy classic, so to speak. I don't know. It's a nice enough little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did appreciate the Pink Floyd reference, though, with Marge on the As ham radio. D- that was going to be one of my uh, one of my trivia questions here. It's like, yes, there's a, there's a Pink Floyd reference in there. Which song is it? It's Comfortably Numb by Pink yeah. Floyd. Another one of those things that I just shaved my head as a kid, but I heard that and I was like, that's that's. I really appreciated how they got that in there. Yeah. Uh, Homer assigns the family all their new roles. Lisa has been promoted to boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's, a, it's just a little like side comment here of, but complaining to Homer that Marge won't let him read like, like Hagar the Horrible, or whatever. I just don't think it's funny. Funny. I, like, like, <laughs> I did. Just- I did get a kick out of that. Just you know, you're you're not upset by you know any of the stereotypical elements or anything like that. Just I just don't think it's funny. <laughs> and Flanders is green with envy that Homer's a missionary. <laughs> Everyone's inspired <laughs> by him. Um, but what hearing that though, hearing the fact that he's upset Flanders by doing so, inspires him to actually go out and try. So Homer's now trying, and he's trying to like reading the Bible verse and whatnot. Does a useless Q and A, and this is where he has to admit to the people that you know I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm useless. But what this place needs is not a church, not a well, but a bit of razzle dazzle. <laughs> <laughs> we see them building the structure. This next moment, not so much the pelican dying, but the fact that Homer's like, 
if the Flintstones have taught me anything, <laughs> like I just, I, don't know, like, I just thought it was just so fucking funny. And I'd, the, I'd, for, I'd forgotten about the Pelican bit, but yeah, the second it happened, oh God, yeah, yeah. I remember. <laughs> and him, like, you know what's going to happen to the Pelican, but it's still funny, but just him expecting the Pelican to make a wise crack and stuff. Oh, mm. I've got a good kick out of that. Bart is now at the power plant and he arrives uh, on his skateboard, and you know, as Lenny and Carl say, it must be Homer. He's parked in Homer's car park. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, even little touches like you know, turning Homer's office or his his workspace into his own, like getting rid of the photo of Marge and putting the photo of Krusty oh, and things like yeah. that. Yeah, it was good. But yeah, this next moment from Burns just absolutely loved it. Well, time to get to work. Hmm. Simpson, ah! I've just reviewed your tenure performance record. And it's appalling. But I'm not Homer Simpson. I think I know who Homer Simpson is. In ten short years, you've caused 17 meltdowns. One is too many. Yeah, but... You sold weapons-grade plutonium to the Iraqis with no markup. But... And worst of all, you took the Hamburglar's birthday off last Monday and Wednesday. Which is it? (sighs) Now my voice is giving out, so I'm just going to poke you for the next hour or so. So, it starts off with Burns sort of, you know, you think he's going to be, you know, saying stuff that makes sense. You know, you, you cause 17 meltdowns. One is too many. And then the, and you sold off the plutonium or whatever. You sold off the plutonium with no markup. <laughs> and the Hamburglar's birthday and everything. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. Homer's now giving, uh, he's giving a really nice speech here. You know, he, he feels like he's part of the community now. He really wants to help these guys feels like he sort of found his place and then he sees a, a plane get me off this stinking rock which is exactly <laughs> how I would react I think <laughs> um, and then he reveals the casino the only thing I've got here is everyone here is surprised when he reveals the casino but who built it yeah <laughs> didn't, didn't they well, know well, what, that's the, I mean what, did they build it with their eyes closed what the fuck well maybe they yeah Maybe they didn't know what it was actually going to be once. I mean, maybe they sort of built the uh, the outside structure and then Homer did the interior design or whatever. Or maybe they just don't know what a casino is and until Homer explains it to them. Yeah, I'm maybe. Sure. I, um, I, I did, it was actually a pretty cool little casino, though, and the, the crab roulette and whatnot. But the little subtle of, I think when it was spinning around, Homer's just like, how you doing? To, to, the first, <laughs> yeah, to the guys when they do the roulette deal, roulette spin or whatever he's called. But that's what people do at the casino. They try to make small talk with the guy while the wheel's spinning. It's like, he doesn't oh, want God, to talk yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah. It's a, bit busy, busy night. <laughs> Get busy. <laughs> <laughs> the, old, the old talk to the cab driver. Hey, how's your night been? Busy? <laughs> but you do that, don't you? I mean, every time you're sort of getting... Like, oh, how's, how's, how's your night going? Yeah, been busy? Yeah, yeah. And then... Uh, don't talk to me for the rest. I've, I've, yes. I've made my, we've had our uh, you know superficial moment of connection. Now I just want to sit here and you know <laughs> stew in my drunkenness. As that's usually when I'm getting a cat. Yeah, I've been polite. Now take me the quickest way home, please. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, though, taxi drivers must hate Google Maps because now everyone knows that they're being taken the long way. Oh yeah, when they're getting run up, absolutely. Because you you can Google Map now the fastest route home or route home, and you know straight away that taxi driver's not taking you that way. Oh yeah. Um, everyone is very impressed with the casino, um, as is the family. When Homer tells them about it, Marge is very proud. But unfortunately, when Homer goes to check it out, he realizes it's all gone to shit. Uh, is it? I think it's Ack. How could Ace be one and eleven? Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> 
We come back and uh, they're pleading for help from Homer. He's just basically the whole place has just gone terribly. Um, they've got the guy with his face down the macaroni salad. Um, Bart gets home from work though and he's just rude to Marge. Sometimes, sometimes this is Nicola and I. Not being mean, but sometimes I'm just tired and yeah. crabby. And you think, some, I think sometimes Nicola, when she's had a day off, and I'm, it's the same when I have a day off work and she's gone to work or whatever, you forget that the other person has been working because you haven't been. So you're just like, yeah. oh yeah, can you do this? Whatever. It's just like, I've just walked the goddamn door. <laughs> Get, leave me alone. Crack open my beer, woman. <laughs> Not really. You know what I mean. No, but you've, um, but you've also got, you know, like a strong enough foundation of, you know, love and understanding that, you know, like, oh, I know you don't mean anything by it. You know, yes, I mean, yeah, if yeah, you did yeah. like, if you did that like seven days running, it'd be like, Okay, now we got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm doing it on my day off when she gets home from work. <laughs> um, but, but you know, he apologizes to Marge. She's going to take her out for a steak dinner. Marge, Marge accepts, you know, a meal's a meal or a night out's a night out. Well, I, think that's the, I think that's the end of the Bart story, which is really unfortunate because there was a lot they could have played there. But yeah, maybe, maybe there's an episode in the future that I haven't seen yet where they, they do that. But uh, Homer starts building the chapel himself because he realizes that he is the bad influence. How many times must we go to church to avoid hell? Every Sunday for the rest of our lives. <laughs> no, really. Not bad, Lisa Jr., but God's palace is way up on the moon. So if you want him to hear us, we've got to crank up the volume. Did you hear me, Lord? Homer's doing your work. I'm the greatest missionary of all Oh, that Homer, always getting into trouble. And if you're one of the millions who enjoys his adventures, or should I say misadventures, it's time to show your support. Sure, Fox makes a fortune from advertising, but it's still not enough. Not nearly enough! So if you don't want to see crude, lowbrow programming disappear from the airwaves, please call now. Hello, Murdoch here. $10,000?! You've saved my network. Wouldn't be the first time. Just to rewind quickly, I was I was very partial to Homer's line about you know talking about uh, God or Jesus. Eh, we built a pretty nice cage for him. Cage, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the characters here we've got uh, we've got Bender, Hank Hill, we've got Mulder and Scully, Rupert Murdoch, Scully. Luke Perry. So I'm assuming Nine Hundred Two One Zero was on Fox then. It was indeed. Yes, and um, and third good Stubbs from the very short lived uh, series The PJs. Co-created by Eddie Murphy. Mm. I, I never, Eddie, I never actually Eddie saw Eddie the Murphy. PJs. Yeah, I remember being, I remember seeing ads for it. Never actually watched it. I know Eddie Murphy for the majority of the time voiced um, Mr. Stubbs. But yeah, it was just okay. one of those. It just, I don't know the, the claymation thing. I just, I never really dug it when I was a kid. I, I did like this one show called Gogs, but the whole claymation, like Wallace and Gromit and that kind of thing, just wasn't my jam. Even like Chicken Run, I just didn't like the the claymation style. But in, okay, saying, I mean, in, saying, in saying that, though, I did like Gumby. So, I don't know, yeah. But, hmm, but yeah, okay. the, P, well, the, PJ, a, the PJs just never appealed to me. 
I was a big fan of the Ardman stuff, absolutely. I mean, I, I like Wallace and Gromit a lot, and uh, yeah, a few of the movies. I think Chicken Run 2 has actually just been announced, coming soon to Netflix. Oh, is it straight to Netflix? I did see a, a, um, a teaser for it. So, is is Chicken Run worth watching? Oh, I thought Chicken Run was kind of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. I just remember the whole, I don't want to be a pie. Oh, that's, that's the only thing I remember from seeing the ad. <laughs> I've never actually watched it. <laughs> oh, Dando, with a with an accent like that, you could be on Do Shut Up. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we get, obviously, the, the, the metagay that you mentioned at the start with, with Bart saying you saved Fox wouldn't be the first time. So first time. It's a strange episode in that it's a few different... It's, it's got an, a story where Homer goes to, on an island... That kind of feels forced because like the, the whole setup of him going to the to the island is because he's pissed off PBS. So it was like it wanted to be an episode that sort of poked fun at um is it community television? Is that was just public broadcast? Public television. television. Yeah, public yeah. Tele- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's um, not sort, owned sort of, by a private corporation like ABC or CBS yeah, or NBC. Yeah, just sort of poking yeah. fun at that sort of element of television. But it's also then poking fun at religion to an extent. But they're the, these, these stories don't really mesh well together. But then you've also got the story with Bart going to work that really should have been given more time, but there wasn't enough time because there was too much else happening in the episode. And then you've also got the um the like sort of like the the weird ending with the with like, breaking the fourth wall. So it was like it's a whole lot of different things that at times didn't really go together. But there was enough entertainment for me where I walked or I you know, finished this going yeah that was fun. It just didn't yeah. didn't really flow all that well, but it was fun. No, but I've got to say, I mean, the whole thing about Homer sort of, you know, running away from a threat, uh, you know, a threat to his life and you know, seeking sanctuary and all that. But then the Reverend you know, sort of spiriting him away, um, yeah, with the uh, with the letters to, to you know, the children's letters to God or whatever. It's like, that struck me as actually like a logical kind of plot driver for some reason. It's like... Hmm. Okay, yeah, you need to get him out of, or you need to get him into this next situation. You need to get him into this place where he's a missionary. What? How do you get him there? It's like, well, he needs to escape, and um, you know, and he seeks sanctuary for. Oh, yeah, that was that, that kind of right. that scans that ma- that makes sense. I mean, it's so, it's it makes it's a stretch, but it's a it's a logical comic stretch. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think there have been occasions where they've set up situations where it's like. You you really you're really pushing it here, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's a good bridge. I just think the verse and the chorus just don't seem to really. I don't know. It just felt like the verse was yeah. kind of random. It's kind of a, it's a random a- reason to get him to the chorus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, to, it's a bit like Pink Floyd, who are name checked in here. Well, not name checked, but yeah, reference in this. It's it's a few songs kind of put together. <laughs> yeah. Um, and by the way, um, the Gracie in this episode mm. is actually Homer saying, save me, Jeebus. Yes, yes, I did appreciate it. Never get enough <laughs> Jeebus. <laughs> <laughs> get one more in there, just, yeah, quickly. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode? Uh, what did I learn from this episode? Donate to your community, uh, you know, your community art, art outlets. I mean, whether it's a TV station or like a radio station like PBS or Triple R here in, here in Victoria, um, you know, they provide a good uh, incubator for, for new talent um, and for, you know, talent that's a little bit sort of maybe, I don't know, left of centre or whatever. So, yeah, if you've got a few <laughs> – or, or 
if you've got a, fair, a spare few bucks, maybe give it to a podcast that um, a good one you know, <laughs> that is that is providing something different, a bit of an alternative. For instance, I'm well, not I- naming names, but you know, <laughs> but that that is what I certainly took away from it. These these kind of things um, deserve a bit of your deserve your support, both emotional and and financial. I learned that if you don't do what Guy just said, Mr. Rogers will come and kick your ass. Yes, exactly. It won't be a beautiful day in the neighbourhood. <laughs> He's a closet ass kicker. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mr. Rogers was a beautiful man, and that that speech he gives that I think is like inducted into some sort of Hall of Fame or something like that, Lifetime Achievement Award. It's on YouTube. You can find it, um, where he gets reunited with the um, the boy who was confined to a wheelchair. Um, mm. He had, it on, had him on his show, and he's much older now, and he sort of presents Mr. Rogers with the award. And I don't think it's possible to watch that two or three minutes of video and not cry. Oh, God, yeah. Look, I mean, we're talking about Mr. Rogers in Australia, and, I mean, he wasn't as pivotal to I didn't. I had no Australian idea who he was until I was older. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, the more you learn about him, and he's become more and more prevalent in recent years, uh, certainly the years since his death. Uh, but you know, with the Tom Hanks movie that came out last year and a few other things, but yeah, the more you learn about him, you realize, oh Jesus, this guy was a living saint. Um, it's, like, it's, it's like the world didn't deserve him, you know. Like he oh, was very. He, much was, so. he was ridiculed and sort of looked at, you know, as like a, a joke and like not, not a wuss, but you know, ah, Mister Rogers, give me a break. But the kids who grew up with him look back now and go, man, I didn't know what I had until it was gone. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, look, and Dan, I mentioned uh, looking him up on YouTube, which I highly recommend you do. If you're also, <laughs> if you're on the internet, which you know, as we're, we're spending our lives these days, um, I would recommend you look up uh, an article uh, from the magazine Esquire. If you type in Mister Rogers Esquire, there's a good chance that you'll find it. Um, but it was is that a the piece huge... the movie was based on. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah, uh, yeah that uh, beautiful day in the neighbor was based on. It is one of my favourite pieces of long-form journalism ever put on the page. Mm. Um, and it's free, if you, you, can, you if, can read it online if, for free? You can indeed. And if you just like reading, but or even but if you like to write as well, this is uh, something that will provide inspiration, motivation, and all that good all that good stuff. It's it's a yeah. really it's a really terrific article. There's just this this thing he sometimes did when he was on, st- on stage. I don't know, but he might have done it on the show as well. But yeah, at this at this speech, you, you know the one I'm talking about, guy, where he just says, "I'm going to pause for a, for a moment here, and I just want you to think about someone who you've lost, who played a very big role in your life, and someone who you miss dearly. Just think about them for a moment. Think about the happy things that they remind you of, and what they did for you. And then once that's up, he goes, "Now think of that person. Just know that they're looking down." And they're so proud that you thought about them in that moment. And I'm just like, I'm fucking crying. I'm crying. Oh, like you just, absolutely. Like you just, you, like every time I watch that, I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm almost tearing up just thinking about it. It's just, it's one of the most fucking beautiful things you'll ever see. Like seriously, Mr. Rogers' acceptance speech. I'm sure you'll find it. It is just unbelievable. Oh, and by the way, look. Oh, but if also if you, we're really polishing Mr. Rogers' car this episode. But um, <laughs> if you've got the Netflix, which I'm assuming most of you do, there's also a doco about him called "Won't You Be My Neighbor." Yes, it's a re- very good. It's a really good one, and it's a terrific insight into um, not just what he did, but who he was as well. I mean, I came away from it going, "Wow, this guy had a had a whole lot going on." Yeah, oh, 100%. and and and. I was just checking that that was actually on Netflix, and uh, the other thing that came up was actually a doco called Betty White, First Lady of Television. Oh well, well check that out as yeah. well tonight. But also, yeah, also check out the um, 
the sort of like uh, speech he gives to try and save PBS back in like the 70s or 60s or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's terrific. That, that is, is um, really, that is really incredible good. as well. Yeah, Mr. Rogers, what, what, like yeah. you said, what a saint. It's the patron mailbag time. Patron mailbag. All righty, let's skim through a few questions, Mr. Davis, and get out of here and eat our Mulita barbecue. Oh, it's barbecue uh, <laughs> night. Oh, what a night. Jordan Lewis, all right, what's he got? This episode always has a special place in his heart. Uh, he was a Mormon missionary in Ukraine for two years. Wow. Wow. And <laughs> has had friends go to the Pacific and loved it. Have we ever seen Mormon missionaries in Geelong? I can say- I don't believe- I yeah, never have ever seen a missionary in Geelong, ever. I don't think I have been uh, approached by the Mormons. I've been approached by other uh, people pushing, well, sorry, not pushing their religion on me, but, you know, uh, trying to uh, enlighten, enlighten me to their, yes. <laughs> yes, to, to, their, to their belief system, um, at which point I, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever been rude to anyone like that. I mean, I hear stories about, oh, yeah, I rocked up to the door naked or something or, you know, or I rocked up with my devil-worshipping T-shirt or something like that. I'm like, no, no, look, I think these folks are, you know, are probably <laughs> are most likely good at heart, have good intentions. So I'll just say, thank you very much for your time. If you've got some literature, yeah, look, by all means, I'll take it and not read it, but I'll take it. Um, <laughs> but you know, give them the you know a few minutes of your time, just say, look, thank you very much, but yeah, not really my speech. That's that's I, how I I do yeah, it yeah. anyway. I'm always polite until the point where, and I'm, not, no, I'm never not polite, but I'm, I'm most polite until I. <laughs> Acknowledge that I'm not really interested, but thanks for your time. And then they still continue. That's when I sort of go, "Yep, okay, okay, doors closing now. Bye bye. Thank you. Oh I yeah, gave you, if, I, yeah. Gave you, I gave you your time, and now I'm leaving." <laughs> if they get pushy, it's you're more than justified in pushing back. To quote uh, the late great Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse, "I want you to be nice until it's time to not be nice." <laughs> Alex Swan <laughs> says, "If you had to go to an island and teach them to do something, what would it be?" Ooh, how to cook Nicholas risotto because it is. Mwah, superb. That's, that's <laughs> um, assuming we have all the ingredients. <laughs> well, that's true. And also, uh, I'll say how to cook guys risotto, which is also mwah. fucking risotto. Just <laughs> <laughs> yes. When we, as we know, there is always plenty of arborio rice um, and stock on these uh, South Pacific islands. And I think I would also get a kick out of teaching them how to kick a football. Hmm. I would kicking, probably kicking an AFL football is not an easy thing to do. <laughs> I would probably um, hold like improv classes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Teach, teach them some stand up. Get get some stand up routines happening. The nightly at the yeah. at the, uh, at the local comedy theatre. <laughs> Be- because as, you- as a as a kid who was not necessarily all that sporty, uh, I instead sort of drifted towards you know drama and stuff like that. And I found that it is, it is just as much of a team building exercise as being on a sporting team. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's probably uh, the nerdiest thing I've ever said out loud, certainly on this podcast. Um, I expect to you know, get a wedgie from, uh, from Dan next time I see him. <laughs> D.L. Gorman says, have you ever made a pledge or promised to make something just to shut someone up? I'm like that with, um, with the people trying to sell raffle tickets like at the footy. I'm like, just give me a ticket. God damn, I'm leaving you alone. <laughs> or, you, you know, when you're walking through the, the supermarkets or whatever and they you can just see them ahead, the ones, the little bays in the middle where you know they're trying to sell your holidays or mm. that kind of thing. And it's like, don't make eye contact, don't get my contact. But at least now you can pull your phone out of your pocket and pretend like you're on the phone. But, Ooh, you know, 10, ten years know. ago, ten years ago, it's just like, I don't know what it is about me. I must, I must look like a, a, a pigeon, like a sucker. And they just, they just like <laughs> gravitate towards me like, this guy... 
we can get him to spend some money. Because the thing is, once I start talking to him, I'm just like, oh, the pressure, I can't deal. Here, take my wallet, tap, do what you need. I've certainly done some things. I've only done it once where you've had, you know, people come to your door trying to sell you on a new uh, energy provider or something along those lines. I had one guy come to the door maybe two years ago, English tourist, uh, and, you know, I think they, you know, cherry pick those those people to sort of like make a bit of quick money by, uh, you know, take the day, go around, knock on some doors. If you, you know, if you, if you sell a few things, you'll get commission. This guy was trying to get people to sign up to some charity for like, you know, heart disease or whatever. <laughs> and look, I got I got zero interest in that. I mean, <laughs> which is the cruelest thing I've said. Um, <laughs> I don't give a fuck about your weak ticker. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> and I'm sorry for swearing as well. Um, this guy was so persuasive. Now, it, it might have been the accent. Um, he, wa- he, he wasn't quite, you know, like a, an East End spruker out of a Guy Ritchie movie. He wasn't quite that kind of, check it out, mate. Look at this. Bargain at twice the price. But <laughs> Bargain at it, twice the price. Yeah, but um, he, he was incredibly persuasive. And by the end of it, I'm like, you know what? Fine. I'll sign up for 15 bucks a month or whatever, you know, direct debit. Well, you, si- you-, you signed up to a monthly thing. Goodness gracious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not just, not just a one-off thing. I was like, eh, you know what? Yeah, it sounds like heart disease is actually a bit more prevalent than I thought it was. And uh, look, I can spare 15 a month. Well, I could back then. Not now. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I signed up. And look, I did it for about a year. And then I was I was looking at my finance and going, yeah, I think I can probably get away with uh, calling these guys up and saying, You've you you got up over one hundred and fifty dollars out of me. If you haven't cured heart disease by now, you know what are you doing with your life? So yeah, withdraw. So there we go. But yes, I I have been persuaded by a persuasive person in the past. And our final question here comes from uh, Seth Weens. What do we got? I've never looked. Do you guys watch PBS? And if you do, what shows? Um, no, we don't, we don't have PBS. Yeah, the short answer as, is no. <laughs> we just spent an hour just explaining how we don't know what PBS is. Is it a station? Who is on this thing? But no, but obviously they got Sesame Street and things like that. So at, growing up, my sister oh, yeah. loved Teletubbies. I love Sesame Street. I think every kid, uh, have you lived if you haven't watched Sesame Street? Every child's at least seen one episode of Sesame Street, right? If you have of access course, to of some form of television. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, look, there are certainly other American shows, uh, particularly documentaries that I've either... Um, you know, bought on on disc, or um, you know, maybe downloaded another way, or you know, obtained another way, and they'll have the PBS logo at the front. I mean, stuff by there's a documentary filmmaker named Ken Burns, who yeah. um, he's done stuff on you know on a wide variety of topics, like you know, he did one on the Civil War, on World War Two, on the history of baseball, on the history of jazz music. They're always really good, and they usually they usually air on PBS. So you'll get that little do-do-do. I think that's the sound they make at the start or stuff along those lines. But, yeah, I've, I've watched a bit of PBS stuff. Not necessarily on PBS, but uh, I've watched PBS material. I feel like if PBS was available in Australia now, I would certainly watch it, particularly if they put old episodes of Mr. Rogers' Neighbourhood on there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I just, I well, just... maybe, maybe SBS should uh, you know make a deal with PBS. I, I, they 100% should, yes. 
Alrighty, guys, hope you enjoyed our review of Missionary Colon Impossible. Uh, next week, we're going to be reviewing the episode called... Now, correct me if I'm wrong pronouncing this, Mr. Davis. Is it Pigmolian? Pigmolian. Pigmolian. But, 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 but it's got mo in it. So, yeah, so it's Pigmolian. Um, yes. So, mo, mo gets... He, uh, a, basically, his whole face changed. His face off. He gets a whole new face and he's gorgeous. So, mo, but mo is gorgeous <laughs> for this episode. So, um, uh, it's, Kid it's gorgeous. A, and then kid presentable. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> Um, and by the end of the episode, he's just Kidmo. But it's it's, uh, it's, um, it's that is one of my all-time favorite gags in the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a, a really fun episode. I'm looking forward to reviewing it. But um, yes, thank you guys for your support. Um, whether it just be by listening, by on Patreon, everything. Also, thanks to everybody who has rated and reviewed us in the iTunes store. If you haven't done so yet, would really appreciate if you just take the time. Only take you a couple of minutes. Just give us five stars. And just tell us what you'd love about the show. If you don't like the show, don't do so. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much, guys, for your support. Um, it truly means the world. But for now, Mr. Davis, any final words for the listeners? Yes, I believe in Jeebus. For some reason, I thought you were going to say I can fly. <laughs> <laughs>